0: Welcome back to Quack Perfect 10. I am your host, Michael Cohen. And I, oh man, I'm excited about this one. I, I say that every episode, but the reality is that like, I'm excited every episode. This is, this is the thing about this podcast. I just grab people that I like and I ask them to talk about things that we both like. And it's just it's fun. Like this is the most fun that a person can possibly have podcasting. And I, uh, I, this episode in particular, I think fits that bill because of the topic. And, uh, and that, that topic, as you've no doubt, I uh, uh, figured out by now, because you've read the title of the episode in your podcast app uh, is, is going to be Indiana Jones. I mean, specifically Raiders of the lost Ark, And uh, I, I, uh, is, there isn't a movie that better defines what a perfect 10 is than a movie like Rages of the Lost Ark. So like this is this is about the most fun that we can have on the podcast. This is this is what it was designed for. And uh, and as always in order to have a conversation about a perfect 10, I got to bring on the person in my sphere that I think of as like the expert, the the most passionate person on that topic. Uh, and, uh, and and for this one, for Indiana Jones in general, and Raiders of the Lost Ark specifically, that's my guest on this episode, Cheryl Bell. Cheryl, thank you so much for being on the
1: podcast. Wow, what an introduction. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. I hope I live up to, the, to your high expectations.
0: <laughs> oh, listen, you and I met at Star Wars Celebration last year Yes. We, I, I, mutual friends of Marie Claire Gould, host of What the Force. Go listen to What the Force. There's a, there's a new episode coming out. I've already listened to it because I'm a Patreon supporter over there. And it is phenomenal. Uh, her and Missy, who have both been on the podcast. They've both been on Perfect 10. Um, the, the new episode of What the Force coming out soon. By the time that this drops, it's probably already out. Actually, I guess it is already out because this doesn't come out until Monday. Uh but uh yeah, so go listen to that. Go go grab that right now. Go listen to that episode. Um uh Marie Claire, uh MC as we often refer to her.
2: Right.
0: Um such an awesome, amazing person. And my
1: f- uh my fairy godmother, as I like to refer to <laughs> yeah. her.
0: Yes. Um and naturally we're both friends with her. Uh so obviously we're just it was just like oh so we're so you and I are friends now that's it that's it <laughs> like that's how that works right just the transitive property if, if 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 you if MC says you're cool you're cool like that's as far as I'm concerned yeah. everybody she introduced me to over the course of that that weekend um everybody that we hung out with it was like
1: I all mean, these people
0: are awesome like yeah. every, everybody is so cool yeah. but you you and I spent a lot of time together over the course of that weekend with with marie claire and uh in particular we went to disneyland together
1: we did right? we did and,
0: and we rode the the uh indiana jones and the temple of the the what it's the temple of the forgotten eye what temple forbidden of the eye? forbidden I. eye
1: yeah I mean- I,
0: <laughs> yeah we so and like and like you and we sat next to each other like well like, because
1: your your lovely wife Crystal who yeah I had I mean I I barely knew you technically yeah I mean I'd only yeah. really known you for about a day and that was yeah. just, that wasn't like a full day that was just like here and there and hanging out or mm-hmm. whatever and then we were at Star Wars night um, and again hanging out with a group of people like and uh, through the course of the evening we're like okay we gotta do indie we gotta do indie and then yeah. realizing that you were just as big of an indie fan as I was and so we were in the talking about how much we love the queue when we were in the queue and like reminiscing and then uh, I think it was when we got closer to the front of the line I kind of I uh, your wife who I just met that night uh bless her I was just like is it okay if I sit next to your husband on the ride <laughs> and she was like yeah go for it <laughs> and I was like okay thanks <laughs> Uh, crystal, yeah crystal
0: <laughs> is exhausted by me like like we've been together for uh 18 years right so and like she's ridden indie with me i don't know we've lost count because i yeah, i ride it at least once every day that i'm in disneyland right, right. like as long as long as it's up and running of course. <laughs> infamously <Yeah. laughs> infamously it, it it loves to break down but i uh, yeah, so I like we've lost track of how many times we've been on that ride because it is at Disneyland. It is my favorite ride.
2: Yeah. Um,
0: even and, and, even and, with the addition of Rise of the Resistance and Smuggler's Run, still India is the best. Uh, and it just got a revamp. I can't wait to go back. Oh my god, the snake is working again. The snake the, was broken yeah. when we were there. Yeah. I I but uh, yeah. Um, and I like to sit in the driver's seat. You do because I like. I like to pretend like I'm actually driving the car. The steering wheel doesn't move for anybody who's never been on the ride. The steering wheel is like this rubber disc that's in front of you. It doesn't even really look like a steering wheel. But But you you never
1: know it when you're sitting at the helm of it. Because you you make it seem like you were actually driving (laughs) that vehicle and taking us around those corners, and we were just having the grandest time together on that ride.
0: Yeah. So it's an experience like that 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 tells me that you are the perfect person to talk about, uh, about, uh, uh, Henry Jones Jr. Ah. You know, like, like it, I, I can't, I can't imagine having this conversation with anybody else. So, I uh, yeah, that's you're the, you're, you are, you are an indie expert. You, 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 you bleed, uh, uh brown leather, right? Like that's, <laughs> that's
1: brown leather and whips and yeah. you yeah,
0: know. yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> Awesome. So that now that that's all out of the way, right? So now now people know why you're here and 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 wh- how you've been vetted uh, for this for this prestigious honor. Right. Um <laughs> to be on to be on Perfect 10, which again, if I'll just remind everybody, it's just me talking to my friends about stuff that we like. I I the best concept for a podcast ever. I let's get into it. Let's get into we're specifically going to talk about Raiders of the Lost Ark. But um, for those listeners, I don't know who you are. If you've been listening to me podcasts on the Internet for any length of time and you have not seen an Indiana Jones film, I don't I don't know what I've done wrong. Um, But uh, let's just pretend like there's somebody listening to this podcast that for some reason is not familiar with uh, with with with. the 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 most famous archaeologist in history um who really doesn't do a heck of a lot of archaeology yeah um (laughs) please please explain to the audience what is an indiana jones
1: what is an indiana jones well a lot of people might actually not have indiana jones in their vernacular because it did come out in 1981 so, I bet you there's a lot of young Gen Zers out there who haven't yet discovered indie. But uh, the premise basically is um, there was this wonderful creative man named George Lucas. Mm. And yes, this is a very Star Wars adjacent film. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of the creators that went into making this film were involved in creating Star Wars. So, he mm. grew up watching. Uh, adventure serials that would come on when he was a kid on the TV um, and they were little action adventure serials about uh, the hero that would go on some action adventure and then it would be like oh find out what happens to you our favorite hero tune in next week and then it would resolve the following week and he'd get in himself into another adventure um, so it was those serials that George, I mean, he, Star Wars was influenced by Flash Gordon, Indiana Jones very much influenced by, I forget the name of the serials, the specific one that he loved. So chime in with it if you happen to know the name of it. I can't remember it off the top of my head. Um, and he wanted it to have, he was thinking, I want my version of James Bond. Now, he didn't quite go... James Bond, which I'm thankful for. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but yeah, just wanted the, the action adventure hero, his version of James Bond, but based more on the, the serial adventures set in the 1940s. He's going to be battling Nazis. That was his his basic outline when he started. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he, uh, he sat down with uh, Philip Kaufman and they together kind of hashed out, fleshed out more the script, the idea that we have today. Philip came up with the uh, the Ark of the Covenant as the MacGuffin. Um, Philip Kaufman came up with uh, quite a few good ideas, and I'm very grateful that he was involved in the very early stages of this project. Uh, and then later it was uh, George Lucas, his buddy Steven Spielberg, and the amazing Lawrence Caston who is a very wonderful screenwriter, who spent three days together coming up with the uh, the script. And it was born out of that. Uh, It was actually, so he actually thought of Indiana Jones, sorry, I'm like going off on a tangent. He thought of Indiana Jones, I want to say before... Or at the very same time as Star Wars, like he had mm-hmm. these two ideas in his head, like going consecutively. Star Wars ended up becoming okay. This is the one that's I'm going for right now, and that became his focus and priority. So he was uh, vacationing in Hawaii when Star Wars, uh, it was its opening weekend, and he wanted to get away from whether or not it was going to bomb or be a success. So he was vacationing <laughs> in Hawaii and he was building sandcastles on a beach in Hawaii with Steven Spielberg. Like these men are too pure. Yeah. And uh, the reviews were coming in. Star Wars was this huge success. And so uh, George was able to breathe a sigh of relief and was like, so Steven, what, what, do, you, what do you want to do next? Steven was had just finished Jaws which was also a resounding success. And Steven's like, I really want to do a James Bond film. And so George was like, I've got something better than that. And he told him the story of what was then called Indiana Smith. And mm-hmm. uh, Stephen was just like, I got to do it. So that's, that's where it was born.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love, I've heard that story a million times. Like, like in mm-hmm. one of those things of like, I, I can't even tell you how many times. Uh, i've heard that in interviews and read it and whatever um and every time it is just always so charming because like here's these two guys like that are about to become uh the like really like the, the 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 fathers of modern cinema yes yeah. And they don't, they don't realize it at that point in time. Yeah, they're just
1: like baby infancy, just starting yeah. just getting that first tastes of success. And it's just like, yeah. Oh yeah.
0: Like they're just, and they're just, they're just a couple of friends, uh, who've had a little bit of success, uh, and are, are, are just trying to figure out what they're going to do next. And so you end up with, um, I mean, like, cause at this point in time, they're like, Like George Lucas is not yet George Lucas, right? Like it's, we are just, just at the beginning of that. And Jaws has just happened. uh, And, and so like these two guys are at the beginning of the careers that, that we come to know them for. And, and like the idea that two like just like monolithic creatives would come together
2: Mm-hmm. In that
0: way today, it's just like, I don't even know. I don't even know if that's even possible. Cause I don't know. I don't know who you would even compare. Right. Like, like there are certainly incredible uh, filmmakers nowadays, but, um, but not in the same way. Like the, I think the, 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 the amazing thing about both George and Steven, and I think the reason why they work well together and why Indiana Jones becomes the special thing that it is is that the two of them are just really really keyed in on telling like universal stories that anybody can enjoy Mm -hmm. like like there's just there's there's an aspect to it where it's like in any other In any other creative's hands, a lot of the stuff that they've done would just sort of be considered like, oh, like, this is just, you know, sort of uh, like populist, like drivel, right? Like, it's like, oh, these are B-movies, right? Star Wars is a B-movie if not for George Lucas, if not for his vision, if not for him going and getting Ralph McQuarrie and, uh, and John Williams and bringing together the the talent that he does in order to make i mean like like the creation of ilm is such a perfect example of that Mm -hmm. where it's like no like no one exists that can do the things that i need done i will make it myself yeah um
1: they surround themselves with like dream teams and like creatives people that just love to make movies people that just love going to the movies and like yeah and surround themselves with great screenwriters great directors great producers we've got like there's yeah. there's some seriously big names on here like frank marshall producing yep. um this is when a baby kathleen kennedy was brought <laughs> in as yep. associate assistant to mr steven spielberg and yep. he recognized her her talent pretty quickly on i'm sure um
0: yeah. oh yeah by the end of by the end of the production uh, she was Basically, yeah. a producer, right? Exactly. And the next, the next yeah. film he makes is like, oh, you're a producer. Yeah, like you like we'll, we'll give you a proper nervousness credit nervousness. next time. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah,
1: yeah. So ben Burt for sound design. Yep. I mean, yep. come on. I mean, this this film is a cornucopia of amazing yep. sounds. Um, yeah, it, it's John Williams. I mean. Yep. It, would this film even be i mean it's already gonna be like a nine out of ten but like john williams makes this the 10 out of 10 like you can't it would it have been as good without his iconic themes and motifs like Mm -hmm. dare i say no it wouldn't
0: like (laughs) yeah, no (laughs) I mean, yeah, it's, 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 it's one of those things. I, I, we live in a world and, and the age that we are right. Like there's no, there's no escaping Indiana Jones. Like he's, 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 he's been Indiana Jones for as long as, as I've been alive. Right. Like it, it's just a foregone conclusion. Like, like that's like that character, that music, the, the iconography of it, it's all just like, there it is right there's no um there's no escaping it um which anytime that i encounter somebody who's not super familiar with indiana jones i'm just like so like what do you like how do you what do you even do for fun right and they'll say something (laughs) like like you go outside and go for hikes and stuff i'm just like okay fine whatever clearly but i mean
1: i'm sure but but The lasting impact on popular culture from this Mm -hmm. film. This was the first, like, real action adventure film. This did not exist Mm -hmm. before. Like, we don't have the big action movies of the 80s without Raiders of the Lost Ark. This showed the world that there is an appetite for this kind of film. And we'll get into it later, I'm sure, why this one stands the test of time over the other ones. Um, the key being the, the, the very character of Indy and what makes him su- such a lasting, um, a lasting character that uh, just carries so well o- throughout all time. But like, yeah, you don't get the, uh, so many of the movies that they watch
2: mm-hmm.
1: are directly influenced by this film. Um, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, like, 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 even, even, like, more modern stuff. I mean, like, the opening of Guardians of the Galaxy is like there is there's direct mm-hmm. homage yeah. at the beginning of that movie to the beginning of this movie, which, like, Raiders. We're kind of talking about indie in general, um, but but Raiders specifically uh, has the, the greatest cold open oh my of all time right i mean like like yes
1: no like the best yeah yeah Yeah. like uh i like i have yeah i'm like the reveal of the character is brilliant Mm -hmm. like we don't we like and we don't see him right away our point of view for the first bit of the film is uh satipo's point of view and then we have that like the silhouette of the man in the Mm -hmm. hat walk out of the shadows into a beam of sunlight and like the music's still kind of omni um om- like omnus like we're yeah. like is this our hero? Like I'm not so sure. And and we see this guy who makes mistakes. Like he doesn't always get it right. He doesn't always make the the landing. <laughs> he uh he misjudges things like he he's he he doesn't make it look it's not easy for him, which is what mm-hmm. makes indie special is like we see him struggle, but we see him yeah. obviously he he gets his prize, but then the prize is taken away from him, which again, we're like, Oh, okay. But like, I just love that. We don't know right away. We're like, is this a guy that we're rooting for or not? Mm-hmm. Like who is this guy? But yeah. And to start off with such a huge, we're already in the thick of this adventure. Like we're coming into this. This is a, a chapter of a book that's already started. We're jumping right in. And, uh, and it just, it's such a great hook. Like after that opening sequence, you were like, I am ready for this ride. Like this is going to be good.
0: And I think this is, this is the piece of, of George Lucas's brilliant mind that I think is so often overlooked is the, is the way that he, he understands how to architect a story to get you immediately enamored with what's happening on screen. Mm -hmm. um and and like it is like his his use of the cold open defines what like that's become and and now like i think we're so we're so used to cold opens most tv shows have cold opens now right like like that like that is just it's such a every episode of smallville (laughs) i was just watching smallville the other night just (laughs) randomly is just something to put on and it's like every episode of smallville opens with with a cold open right and then and then goes into the theme song and yeah whatnot and that is the reason why we have that is because george lucas was like here's here's star wars i what's the first scene in the movie i i don't know a spaceship blasting in another spaceship who which one's the good guy and which one's the bad guy what's going on as i mean there's obvious clues as to who is the good guy and who's the bad guy right but yeah very obvious visual cues yeah yeah Yeah. and the musical cues yeah yeah but it just like it just throws us right into the middle of the action Mm -hmm. um i I, I, in media res is the technical term for it right like we're we are in the middle of the story um and that is the inspiration from those serials that they that he was inspired by, right? Like that, right. like that, that thing of like, well, if you missed last week, then, you know, uh, what's going on? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you'll, but you'll figure it out. You will yeah. figure it out, and then you'll, and then you keep going from there, right? So, so yeah, this this story of Indy uh, uh, going after this this fertility idol is like we don't know how he got there. I mean, like like if we get to the end of this cold open, and he gets in the plane, and I uh, and and here's the like his buddy jock right it's like okay um the the best part about that i always love this is that it's like they're flying away and the snake is in the plane and i hate snake jock i hate him uh and it's like where was the snake on the way there like did you did he this is my theory this is my
1: theory is (laughs) that he didn't fly in on the plane he had the Mm. plane arranged to be there because he's like i think i'm gonna find this by this day like obviously it's it's what 38 36 30 i forget what year is it 36 or 38 that indy takes place in
0: oh this one yeah i don't know i I always have a hard time with this because it's because it's um because they're out of order right right (laughs) temple of doom is a prequel well
1: let's just (laughs) say 36 yeah but he comes in because we see the donkeys with them as he's coming in with the with people and the other guy um so i think he's trekked in by foot he knows, he's like, okay, I have an idea, a general idea of where this is going to be. I don't know exactly where the temple is. I've got, now I've finally collected all these fragment map pieces. I think he's just told Jock, I should be here around X day.
2: Keep yeah, an eye yeah. out
1: for me. And that's why, so I don't think he came in with Jock. I think he left with Jock and he didn't realize this yeah. guy's got those <laughs> pets, which is an amazing setup. Because it's just a funny line and it's just, it makes us laugh. And then the way it comes in, like the worst setups are the ones where you're like, oh, that's, that's going to come into play later. Right. And and Raiders has all these wonderful setups, especially in the exposition scene, which is one of my favorite scenes um, coming up that I'm sure we'll touch on. But um, yeah. It's just these wonderful little, you know, I hate Chuck. I hate them, And then we get such a wonderful payoff later on in the movie. And it makes us laugh because that's the the thing about Raiders is it's so much fun because we get to laugh a lot.
0: Yeah. And that, that to me, like, that's where that's where george and steven come together mm-hmm, right mm-hmm, because like mm-hmm. like star, star wars has a lot of humor in it it's, and it's very funny Spielberg's i would say that like a
1: funny guy too yeah
0: yeah like empire and return of the jedi definitely like like add to that um um well we than, thought lawrence kasdan
1: hope. in yeah lawrence kasdan wrote this and he wrote yeah. empire so yeah. gotta give credit to larry when it's That's where it's due, right true. He's, he's a great um, screenwriter so
0: yeah and that like all of that humor it's like we've just been through this like very harrowing ordeal Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: um and and we laugh through the ordeal too like when he tries to jump over that chasm and does not make that jump and grabs onto that root and he's like ah and then the root slips and he's got this look of like absolute panic and fear on his face it's like we don't usually get that with the heroes and so just yeah. seeing those moments of he doesn't have his uh, lack of a better word I, I was gonna swear there i don't know if i can swear on your podcast <laughs> but uh he doesn't always have his uh everything together
2: yeah so <laughs> yeah.
1: uh yeah it's just those fun moments that make us laugh um uh, to to relieve that tension through those yeah through those scenes yeah
0: well, and that's Harrison Ford. And this is the funny thing is that like by the, by the late nineties, Harrison Ford ends up with this, this um, sort of this reputation for, for, you know, his characters being like grumpy and serious and gruff. And it's, I always find that really funny. And then, and then that translates into his personal reputation as well. And there's this attitude of like, Oh, Harrison Ford's no fun. He's, he's, he's this serious grumpy guy. And I'm always like, I'm always like, you don't. You haven't been paying enough attention to this guy. Like he has one yeah. of the best senses of humor. He's got of a any very. He's got a
1: there. wry, dry yeah. sense of humor, and and you see it in a lot. There's a lot of behind the scenes footage, and you see him being a lot more his goofy self, right?
2: Mm-hmm. But
1: yeah, no, he's still he's got amazing comedic timing, but he's yeah. just never over the top.
0: I and I th- I think the reason why he works so well as characters like Han and Indy is that Harrison is a is a big kid and he like he he has this persona that he does in media cuz he in media junkets cuz he doesn't like doing press. Right. I, who could blame him? It's it's a yeah. it's a thankless uh, yeah. uh, obnoxious part of the process, right? He wants to he's there
1: He's there for the, the craft. Acting, he's right? there for yeah. the acting. Yes. Yeah.
0: But he is absolutely just this big grown-up goof like yeah. like a hundred percent and it comes through i think with indy more than any other character that he's ever played and i think it's why he loves the character so much i th- I think that indy is probably one of the closest to him uh that that you can see if 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 people haven't seen the series shrinking which is uh it oh
2: god it's so good recent
0: things he is so so good in it i think that is just him like, that's just I don't think he's doing a lot of acting, not to say that his performance isn't great, but like I don't think that there's a lot of like him being engrossed in a different character as much as he's just like putting himself in a scenario and letting us enjoy it. I think there's a lot of him in that in that character. Um, and he's so much fun in that show. But even like like the last time that he played Indy. Obviously we've got a new one coming out at the end of this month mm-hmm. um, and we'll see, we'll see what that one's all about and how that goes. But kingdom of the crystal skull, much as it's maligned, I don't necessarily understand it. I think that it's a fine film. Uh, it's certainly not as good as the other three indie movies, but right. like what is, you know, like yeah. it's unfair. <laughs> um, but there are some moments in that movie uh, with him playing an older indie that are just yeah. like, I it, when we talk about the, the, the setup with the snake and when, when uh when mutt tosses him the snake to pull him out of the quicksand and he's like he won't talk, and he's like just say it's a rope just say it's a say grab the rope
1: His face. it's amazing. so good
0: because he's yeah. he he allows himself to be vulnerable he allows he he allows his characters to be fallible which like yeah compare that to vin diesel or the rock who, yeah no I mean, like The Rock I think is is a little bit closer to, to Harrison in this way, that where like like Dwayne Johnson will play characters that don't take themselves too seriously. Yeah. Vin Diesel will not. Like it's in his contract, I can't lose a fist fight.
1: Yeah. Right? Like
0: like when well, I'm making these movies, I have to win every fight. I and know, it's like fragile
1: masculinity. Yeah.
0: I love the fast franchise. I love it so much. And I, I actually like I quite enjoy the hilarity that is the infallible Dom Toretto like he's just he's he's just indestructible invincible the strongest person in any room for some reason because it's like because you look at Vin Diesel and you're like not really Like, like I don't believe I don't believe you as any of this but the world this world believes you as this and that's part of the fun is like, like I, it's funny. Cause I don't think that Vin is in on the joke that the rest of us are like, uh, eh, we're kind of laughing at you, not really with you. Um, and then yeah. he's surrounded by all these other great characters. The fast yeah. is a, is a, that's a perfect 10 for another time. But I, I, but yeah, like I just, I, I look at a character like that and performances like that. And I compare it to, to Harrison and we get this scene later on in the movie where they're on the, the boat um and like they've, they've got the arc and marion and we finally get some respite right like we get to we we, we get to to slow down after all of right. these action sequences and marion's sort of you know trying to take care of uh indy and and he's like ow 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 where doesn't it hurt and he and he starts going here 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 pointing at at, at uh, his elbow and his forehead and whatever and he like he he He's been so tough and so um, I, not necessarily together because he is making it up as he goes. But yeah, but like yeah. just like confident is like it's like, I don't know. I'm going to figure it out. It's fine. Don't worry about it. I and but then just the two of them in this moment, he just he drops all of that pretense and he becomes so vulnerable and he's just he's like a child. He's just like he's like it's oh no, it's right here on the forehead. I
1: guess. (laughs) I mean, he's allowed. He's been he's just been through hell and back. He hasn't slept in like I think more than twenty (laughs) four hours at that point. But yeah, no, like in like you said, Indy is a fallible hero. Like yes, he has he has all the heroic qualities. He's intelligent. He's brave. Mm -hmm. He packs a mean punch. But his motivations mostly in this film uh are selfish ambition he he's very Mm -hmm. much in his fortune and glory phase and there's a duality to him like harrison has said indy is both a romantic and a cynic he's Mm -hmm. he's a realist he's not your typical hero that's usually very idealistic with a strong moral compass like and he like he's always in over his head he shows fear he shows pain he shows fatigue like no other actor takes a beating like Harrison Ford. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Like
1: and and, and Indy he, like Indy fights like a just regular fighting. Like there's nothing like yeah. super fancy about him. His only yeah. party trick is a bullwhip and like I mean right hook. But and that but that's why we love Indy. We see ourselves in him and he is relatable. Like as much as someone who's just beating Nazis left and right. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: Uh, uh, till the cows come home. He is he's he's one of those those characters that uh the reason why the audience gravitates toward like to him so easily is because they they can picture themselves being him.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well it's he's he's got that that perfect everyman quality, right? I mean, it's the same reason we love uh, Peter Parker and Spider Man stories so much, right? Like, like these characters. I mean, that, I don't like,
1: know. He's kind of a genius. I'm not really that smart, but <laughs> <laughs>
0: but uh, I but yes, it, yes. Like, like this this aspect of like not it, everything doesn't always go right. You know, even though even though he's he he's gonna come in and he's gonna figure it out before anybody else. I mean, one one of my favorite um moments in Raiders is is when they're they're with the old man and they're going over it like the medallion it's being translated and and he has the realization of like like i it's it's one of my favorite moments in the entire franchise when him and sala are like they're they're putting it together and he's like their staff the staff is too too long and they both say at the same time they're digging in the wrong place yeah it's it's such a great because like the way it's written and the way that it's it's um that it's blocked and performed we're figuring this out at the same time that India is figuring this out right like like right. they've like we're being given this information and it's like oh but wait flip it over but take back one for the the Hebrew god right and it's like yeah like and we're going like wait a second wait a second take back one they don't know that they've only got the burn on his hand right Um, which we don't uh, even know
1: it's a burn we We don't even know how they have it and that's that's that great tell in that exposition scene the setup right when he's like oh no one really knows how tall it is you know the staff is so high no one really knows its actual height that tiny little setup and then we get to this scene and they're like this is important and then of course further when he uh raises his hand and then we see that was that that was the other setup of him burning his hand in the thing and then we're like ah that's okay yeah yeah so
0: yeah it's just it's uh it it's it it rewards you for paying attention yeah but it also like it puts you in his shoes of like oh we're figuring out the mystery is i say this a lot right like like twists that come out of nowhere in movies like because this has been a thing in recent years right mystery box nonsense whatever yeah
2: the jj abrams
0: way of telling a story yeah where it's like you're trying to trick the audience right and that's like like it's like uh m night Shyamalan, jj abrams and christopher nolan they have this attitude of like it's almost like adversarial yeah right
1: yeah Where it's
0: like like,
1: no you you want to feed your audience just the crumbs
0: a good because a they good, want to come along
1: yeah. and help figure it out they're like oh like exactly yeah
0: there's yeah. nothing more satisfying than figuring out the twist five seconds before it's revealed to the audience right and a and a good movie does that for you raiders does it like five times where it's like we're gonna do this but uh, 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 we got you and it's like um it's it's like it's like marion presumably dying and then it's like and we're right. as the audience going no way no way she's got to be alive so then when she's revealed to be alive we're just as relieved as indy right because we're like we're like, see i told you there's no way that they were in, that they could kill her in the right. middle of the movie there's no resolution to that right like we even if we don't have words for it we still we know we know deep inside it's like they're not they can't just kill we didn't even see her die, right? She didn't get a death scene. She's just in a basket and explodes. That's yeah. ridiculous. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but this is also the end of a sequence where at the beginning of it, we have this moment that subverts our expectations because the swordsman comes out and he flips the sword around. I was literally, I to prepare for the podcast. I was watching indie with the girls and Kara is sitting next to me and the The swordsman comes out. She's seen the movie before. She we've watched Raiders at least twice. Um, he, he comes out and he's flipping the sword around, and she kind of like tenses up. She's like, "Oh my goodness, uh, like, where it's gonna be a big fight?" And then Indy pulls out the gun and just <laughs> gives the guy one, and 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 the the action sequence just never happens. I uh, and I uh, I you know like it's, it's so we've we have that that's like wait a second what's going on right yeah
1: and so, that's a test they did. They choreographed a whole fight scene for that. Yeah, they did. They were going to go that route. That was what George wanted to do. And so, of course, we've all heard about the, the crew uh, was very heavily sick with dysentery when shooting yeah. out in the Sahara. Uh, Harrison was very tired and very sick. And the Harrison keeps on asking this question. He's like, well, why don't I shoot these guys? Right. Uh, yeah. Like he, he, like early, even earlier in the market, he's like, what? What is preventing me from just taking out my gun and shooting these guys? And the stunt coordinator, um, he was like, well, it's because they're on you like so fast. You don't have time. So that's why we're doing this, you know, fighting with our fists and dodging yeah. swords and all this kind of stuff. So then after it's like, okay, if now Harrison's finally like, well, I got time to pull out my gun now, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. and why don't I just shoot the guy? And, <laughs> and, uh, and then, uh, the stunt guy just went along with it. Harrison just yeah. decided I'm going to do the take this way. I don't think they ever really spoke about it ahead of time. The stunt guy yeah. went along with it. And then Steven, really wanted he's like that's the shot that's what I'm putting in the film and George was like no I want it the other way and so they're like okay let's let's take it to a test audience and they literally they took it to the audience they showed Steven's version first with the just the shooting the audience laughed so hard they got the biggest laugh of the whole film and george was like we don't need to show them my version you you can keep your version <laughs> that, that's the great thing about it, these two these two guys yeah. that have the potential to have very big egos and they just he recognized you know what you're right let's do it your way <laughs> yeah
0: yeah um the best part of that scene is uh like the next time anybody's watching raiders i i is is he he shoots him and then he immediately turns around like he just turns away from the guy and it's, we're kind of watching, we're not really focused on Indy in that, in that shot, we're watching this guy fall backwards and everybody in the background kind of react to like, oh my God, he just did that. Um, but if you watch Harrison, his performance in that moment, is like, he's just so disaffected by it. He's like so he's tight. like, there's, he's, he's exhausted heart. and he's just he's like, he's like, I, gotta, the, I don't want to fight on? anymore of these guys. Yeah. yeah. Can I it's just so, have an
1: aid to just go stroll through a market without trying to like dodge yeah. being killed? Like, <laughs>
0: it's, it's so, so good. He, he just, it's, it, those are the moments that just make us love the character so much. Cause we're just mm-hmm. like, yeah, that's, although it is a little bit, I mean, like, like, let's be real. Indy's a little bit of a, of a sociopath. I just,
1: mean, this guy, just, this guy is, he's selfish and his, his yeah. moral compass is ambiguous. I mean, yeah. like, and this is something that took me forever to figure out because growing up, I mean, this has just always been in, um, in my household. So growing up, you just always see him when you're watching as a kid. You're just like, that's the hero. But as, as I've gotten older and I'm looking at it through an older eyes, uh, his motivation for going after the Ark is not one of true altruism. Because remember, mm-hmm. he doesn't believe in the mythical power of the Ark. He just thinks it's important historical significance, like an artifact. He's not going after it because he thinks it will make the Nazis invincible. He's going after it because it's like this famous renowned object and will probably bring him notoriety and some fame and maybe some credibility and legitimacy, because a lot of people accuse him of being a looter, which, spoiler alert, he is. (laughs) Um, And I'm like, oh my gosh. Like his whole motivation this time this whole film he doesn't believe in the power of the ark and he doesn't yeah. he's not doing it just because he thinks, oh my God evil's gonna spread over the face of the earth and he chooses the ark and then when you look at it this in this context I'm just like he chooses the ark over Marion twice <laughs> like the hero always saves the girl well Andy's gonna save the girl eventually but first he's gonna leave you with some Nazis for a bit. And like, this is like, when you take into context his motivation for it, you're like, oh my gosh, he chooses the arc over her before he realizes its power. And he's, so he's still just going after his prize. And so, I mean, Indy's true full character arc isn't, isn't, uh, isn't really finished until Crusades when he finally realizes the person's more valuable than the object. But I, I just had never really growing up I would never really taken that into context and I was like wow this guy yeah he's our hero but he's kind of a selfish <laughs> he's, he's, <laughs> yeah he, he's not doing it for the greater good like a lot of the time he's just doing he's looking out for number one <laughs> like
0: yeah yeah and I mean like like Temple of Doom like doubles down on it right um <laughs> Weird, right like but- like like he's 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 not even in that one he's not even really after anything he's just trying to survive for the most part but when he finds out you know
2: I'm yeah that no
1: it, he like, definitely like- comes around in the end but and yeah. and that's part of what bothers me about temple of doom being a prequel is it kind of messes up his character arc and growth in yeah. this film yeah, if yeah. you take that one you're like really you saw a guy remove a beating heart from the chest yeah. of a dude who's now still alive even though the heart is outside of his body and now he's being burned alive and the heart's in the hand be- and like you don't believe in the power of the arc yet you've seen all this other like crazy stuff like i just yeah, yeah. anyways i won't go off on that
0: tangent, <laughs> it does yeah it does it does kind of uh i goof that up a little bit but i mean like for for those who don't know the reason why temple of doom um ends up so when the movie was released it wasn't marketed as a prequel the word prequel didn't
1: exist right.
0: um it was it was just another indiana jones movie and well, the jones way
1: that- knew it was a prequel because he said he was like no i want this i want this to be i don't want to do a sequel i want to do a prequel but yeah he, okay. like the lexicon for the, 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 the uh, average uh, american public was not the, yeah.
0: the the story that i've always heard is that is that um like that when people were like, "Wait, what about Marion? He's cheating on Marion. Like, what's what happened?" Yeah, and then they're like, "Oh, well, this is before. <laughs> this is before that."
1: But if you and look it was at like the year a way of,
0: of saying, yeah.
1: "Yeah, when the opening year for so that means that Raiders must be 1938 because Temple of Doom, I think, takes place in 1936." No, so if I, I, I like, double
0: checked this. It, uh, Raiders is 36. It's 1936. So I okay. Think,
1: I so temple I think it's two
0: years before that it's 34
1: 34 but, and it has uh, the yeah. year at the very beginning but who really pays attention to that does it have the thought? year at the very the beginning it does it has the year at the very <clears throat> beginning of each okay. film yeah
0: um so yeah i but i mean like like it all it all comes together in the end in, in last crusade right where we get exactly. the explanation of of why indy is the way that he is um, which is that, you know, his mom abandoned him and his dad was She didn't under- abandon him, she died. <laughs> she well died. no okay.
1: She kept her illness but, from them. Yes. And then that's, but but
0: but he does but he does say like that's why mom left, right? Like she she does leave him with his dad and then she dies, right? Like like oh, does it, she it's a, I thought yeah, it was yeah, yeah. Mom
1: Mom never understood and then he said, "Oh yes, she did, only too well. Unfortunately, she kept her illness from me, and all I could do was mourn. So, hmm. but anyways, I, yeah, blah blah blah. I, 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 I we're here about Indi- Raiders. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> Indy had a different. India has a different perspective, right? They kind of. And they, you're right. They kind of go back and forth with it a little bit. Um, and he comes out. He, he speaks about it in the way that I, that I upset child would speak about it. But
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, yeah." W- We've talked a ton about Indian and Harrison. We haven't talked very much about Marion Marion. and
2: I, we have Raven. to. We have to yes.
0: because she is, she is such an amazing character. Yes. Um. And and yeah, I mean, like, listen, I, I, I love Willie in Temple of Doom. I think that she's an underrated character. Yeah. For but, sure. Um. Because she gets she gets a lot of a lot. She gets of, a lot of uh, flack. F. Yeah, but. But, um, I think it's, I think it's mostly because she's being compared to Marion, who I think it is, is one of the yeah. best, like, uh, uh, yeah. heroine, like yeah. action adventure heroines. And in, poor in, Kate Capshaw um, was so just good.
1: caught off guard yeah. by the, by the hate well, that she got for her. But it's yeah. just, it's a completely different character. You can't compare the two. They are, yeah. they are two d- very different women in very different worlds. But Which Marian, was supposed uh, to
0: be the point, right? I mean, like, yeah, that's exactly. kind of the idea. Um, I, and, and then we come back in, in, in last crusade with Ilsa, where it's like, where we, we take that even a step further where it's like, Oh, she's a little bit more like Marion and we're sort of led down that path only to, to discover that she's actually. A well,
1: I, well, yeah, but it's cause she's almost, know. she's like a blend of Indy and Belloc because Belloc bit, even yeah, yeah. says to Indy, he's like, you know, you're just a shadowy reflection of me. So I, I could, I picture Elsa more like Belloc. But just the femme fatale bond type. Yeah, girl. yeah, yeah. But yes, Marion, wow. Marion, she's tenacious. She's bold. She's feisty. She's capable. She's smart. But she's also so soft and warm mm-hmm. and funny and endearing. And she is capable. I already said that, but I'll say it again. She can throw a punch and she can yeah. drink. And she yeah. is allowed to be angry. Mm-hmm. I just love it when when uh, when the main leading lady is just allowed to have the full gambit of emotion. And she's just done. She's done. She's done yeah. with his... Uh, oh, so, side note here, though, that's kind of... Because I didn't realize quite the age disparity. Hmm. Uh, and it had the potential to be even grosser than it was. So, shout mm-hmm. out to... Uh, uh to spielberg for saying that she'd better be older when lucas suggested that marion would have a romantic past with indy at the age of 11
0: (laughs) yeah there's like
1: what uh... wtf george like yeah sorry my man i know that it's in the 30s but even like so marion is 15 Mm -hmm. and indy is 27 Mm-hmm. when they have their secret relationship so he's 12 yeah, years which, older than her and that's still which a big is yikes.
0: all yeah already it's already wildly inappropriate yeah uh, but i i yeah um yeah george george has some weird stuff around that sort of thing you know yeah. like Anakin and Padme and, yep. you know, just, yeah, I was like, man, what
1: is, what I was just, George, I really, yeah. I want to, I want to, I want to put you up on that pedestal, but I can't. <laughs> yeah.
0: It is, it is to me, to me, it is the, it is really the one and only thing where I, where I kind of go like, mm, I don't know what's going on there,
2: but mm-hmm. I think,
0: I think part of it comes from just sort of like, I not to excuse or, or sort of like explain away, but I, I think that a lot of it comes from like, just sort of like mythic archetypes. Um, and like, sometimes, sometimes I think that George loses the forest for the trees with that stuff.
2: Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm.
0: and sort of like focuses on the archetype at, at the expense of like, what's a modern sensibility. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and so I think that like, there's a little bit of that that sneaks in there. Um, and I think that, I think that he is just not attuned specifically. Romance is not his thing. He puts romance yeah. in his stories, yeah. but it, like, listen, like the romance that's in Empire. And Lawrence is, Lawrence is, is, Kasdan. That's Lawrence Kasdan. It's 100% And that's Lawrence, Lawrence Kasdan,
1: Kasdan in this right? film too.
0: <laughs> yeah, because yeah, then, because then you flip to the prequels, and it's like the the prequels are full of romance. All three of those movies it's are George's full of romance, romance, though. But it's George's romance, and it's this <laughs> yeah. weird, like, like, and I, for me, it works because because Anakin and Padme are, um, they're 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 it's a tragic love story. So they're they're destined for failure anyways so you kind of always want to be like i don't you guys i don't know if you actually do love each other i think this might just be like i think, I think this children, just might be the other I think stuff you're literal going children. On. <laughs> yeah yeah, like, yeah i think i think uh i think actually you're just infatuated with the idea
1: of i think one you have a mother complex anakin <laughs> yeah yeah
0: and uh Yeah, so, yeah, she was real nice to you right after you left your mom, and then she was real nice to you right after your mom died, and so you think that you are in love with her, but really you're just trying to replace your mother figure. Um, Yeah, anyways. Anyways.
2: Anyways, tangents. It's a
0: whole other thing, right? Yeah. But yeah, like the good romance stuff in Star Wars is all Lawrence casted. It's all yeah. Lawrence Caston. And, and, and with, a, with a dash of Irving Kirshner in there, because I think that his right. yes. sort of rom-com sensibility makes its way into Empire and yeah. uh, and gives us some of the better moments with those characters. But um, yeah, so I the, like that stuff is always just a little bit weird. Yeah. But but again, it also, I mean, like you said, it it's the 1930s. It is. So it's also... At Which, and it would have, this would have been even like 10 in, years almost yeah. prior to that. Right. So not, not quite 10 years, but, right. yeah. but it would have been like the early thirties, like, like late twenties. So yeah. this, the sensibilities, if we want to like sort of put it in a historical context, why you would write it that way. Interesting. Yeah. But uh, I, but yeah, yeah we can kind of just go, eh, whatever whatever. Um, but also, also. Let's not let's not take away from the fact that Harrison himself, as a real human being, had a little bit of a penchant for uh, for going after younger women. So uh, you know he's got a little he's got a little bit of a and 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 he was married at the time. So you know it's not always
2: uh,
1: I
0: you know this is why we can't put everybody on pedestals all the time. uh,
1: No, I was just surprised. I was like, okay, because growing up, I, I you know she says the line, "I was a child, I was in love, it was wrong, and you knew it." But then yeah. him coming back with saying, you knew what you were doing. Like, I guess growing up, I always thought make, maybe she was like, not that it's even that much of a difference, but like 16, 17, at least.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And to learn that she was 15, I was like, and he was 27. That was the other thing was learning his age in relation to yeah. her age. And I was like, yeah. okay. Yeah. And then just the whole, you know, he's his yeah, the whole uh, re- relationship dynamics and all that. yeah anyways but yeah no i love like marion amazing and karen allen i just she she really advocated for the character of marion like the Mm. the scene where they're in the tent and uh belloc is like oh i have this pretty dress like i don't know why guys are always just like have this dress lying around but like he's like oh look at this pretty dress i got for you and (laughs) she was just like there is no reason for her to put on this dress. And Stephen was like, oh, well, you guys figure it out then. And it was her and Freeman workshopping that scene. Like, okay, well, why is it that she would even put this dress on in the first place? And it was, okay, well, maybe she sees the knife on the table and she thinks, oh, uh, it's it's, I'll use my my clothes to disguise that I'm going to be taking this knife. And it's like, when you have a wonderful... Very and she was very new to the scene, too. Young actress that's just advocating so much for a character that she truly fell in love with when she first read the script. Um, that's what I think elevates Marion to the status that she's at, just like we have Carrie Fisher with Princess Leia. It's we have Karen Allen as Marion Ravenwood, and she's it's it's so. It's so Star Wars adjacent to me for me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, totally.
0: No, and that's that's the place where it's like the the what we were talking about before. We kind of go like, okay, George, we'll let you have that. Like, we'll, we're not we're not cool with it, but we're also not gonna like roast you for it too much because yeah. he is also then responsible for creating um, what is really like the archetype of. Uh, of like that strong female character as, as it yeah. comes to be known. Right. Yeah. Marion. I would say like the other, the other character from this era of film that fits that bill is Lois Lane. Right. Uh, uh Margot Kidder's uh, Lois Lane with very similar, all three of those characters. So cut from the same cloth. Right. Um,
1: I would agree. Yeah. Except that I've never seen. Oh, see.
0: oh you've never seen 19, like the, 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 the original Superman movie.
2: No.
1: Uh, uh, oh my goodness. <laughs> I know, so
2: right? So good. So good. Another
0: perfect 10. <laughs> uh, but I, every time I watch Raiders, I am always kind of like flabbergasted at, at the fact that Karen Allen was not a bigger
2: mm-hmm. star. That, yeah.
0: that Like this movie wasn't like the beginning of an incredible career for her. Because like she, she's had a good career and she's been around and, and done stuff all throughout that that time, right? but like really like from then until now, but um, not as much as you would expect based on the, no. the strength of this performance. Right. Yeah. But, but at the same time, Carrie Fisher also does not have a huge, mm-hmm. huge career on mm-hmm. film. Right. Like I, it, it to me, it's, it's such a weird thing. And I think, I think that honestly, it just comes from the fact that, that as much as these characters were beloved in these films, People weren't ready to accept that type of character in a broader sense.
1: People right? weren't yet writing the scripts that yeah. would attract. Yeah. I mean, we own like, okay. Ridley Scott uh, is like, okay. Alien, strong female character. Um, uh, Terminator. Uh, what's her name? Sarah Connor, right? Oh, Sarah Connor, yeah. Like we don't, like I, like was people giving Karen Allen like beefy meaty nice uh, like scripts or were they just type like could they have been giving her typecast scripts that she was like nah like what did she have available that was was coming and landing on her desk
0: or like the types of movies that were being made and people had decided because because she became synonymous with Marion. Same with Carrie Fisher as Leia, right? Yeah. Like, at what point is it like? Well, you're not right for any of these parts because yeah. we're looking for like a
1: Mark Hamill's More classical. Skywalker, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So it, it, I, I think that there's probably some of that at play as well. But it just the, the, the dimensions that this character has on screen, it's just there aren't a lot of other characters at that point in time. It's something that I think we're very used to now, right? Like from mm-hmm. the nineties forward, it, it becomes very common to have like, you know, sort of like the Spitfire uh, female lead um, in an action movie. Uh, but But at the time it was like, Yeah. The fact that she, she, maybe she doesn't quite keep up with Indy, but you know, she grabs that frying pan and the guy chases her into the, into the thing and she knocks him out. Yeah. You know, and that's Karen being like, I
1: wanted to, she's like, I wanted to be actively, I didn't want her to just be sitting there. I wanted her to always Mm -hmm. be actively trying to contribute in the background. So it wasn't even things that were necessarily even written for her, even in that script itself. It was yeah. still somewhat of a, a like at times sexist typecast of damsel in distress. And it was really Karen Allen that was like, OK, no, I I want to be trying to I don't want to just be standing here like waiting for Indy to save mm-hmm. me. I want to be active in my rescue.
0: And I think I think that's why it ends up being the case where throughout the, the you know, sort of the meta narrative of the next two movies, everybody's going like but what about Marion? What about mm-hmm. Marion? Where's Marion? Because I think that as an audience, we see the two of them together, not to mention the fact that, that her and Harrison just have amazing chemistry. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, we look at that character and we compare her to Willie or you compare her to, to Elsa or, you know, just really any, any sort of, of the relationships that, that come in the, in the, in the subsequent films. Um, and it's like well nobody else is a match for India except for her
1: and for for female viewers she's -hmm. so much more relatable she's Mm -hmm. like I'm not gonna be some fancy dancer singer like Willie I'm not some fancy archaeologist doctor like Elsa like I'm I might just be the girl that works down the street at the local bar like obviously she owns the bar because she's Her dad died and she was stuck there. But, like, the same, she's, she's, uh, she's just, she's similar to Indy in that she's a more relatable, everyday kind of character. I say that like relatable everyday. He's an archaeologist. But still, like, you get what I'm trying to say. She's a, she's an easier self insert for Mm -hmm. the female audience that is watching the film.
0: For sure. For sure. I, yeah, man, I, I, well, we, we've, We've talked a lot about sort of like the, the, the details of Indiana Jones. I am, I do have to bring it into the personal space though. I want to know, I want to know why Indy is a perfect 10 for you, but beyond that, because I think that like, we've made a, we've made a fair case. I don't think anybody's going to argue with us about whether or not Indiana Jones is a perfect 10, mm. but for you, for you personally, what's the, like, what's the deep connection? Cause, cause for, for the listeners Cheryl is like a thousand percent committed to Indiana Jones as as like the fandom you know I I, I mean like we' are audio only but I'll let you guys know like she she's wearing the hat right now uh, as we record so like <laughs> why why Indiana Jones? And I'm gonna I'm gonna say something that some people might find a little bit controversial, but I think that everybody can just go ahead and like take a step back and 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 realize there's some truth in this. It's not necessarily I I what will be classically considered like a female-oriented fandom to be a part of, right? Like right. it's definitely more more yeah. male focused, right? Oh gosh, but, yeah. You look at the indie you,
1: cosplayers; the lineup yeah. is mostly men. That would be yeah. yeah yeah
0: yeah absolutely so but for you like as 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 a woman that loves indiana jones like what what, what's the deal what's going on there i want to know
1: it's it's funny i indiana jones has always been a part of my lexicon the same way star wars has and Mm -hmm. for the listeners that do not know i am my first and favorite my first love is han solo Hmm. so it's not that big of a stretch that my second love is indiana jones um uh, we. Uh, I gotta. We had it on VHS. I know it was re-released in '88, and by then we probably would have had a VHS machine because, you know, you didn't get that until the mid '80s because they were hella expensive when they first came out. Yeah. So it was just always. I don't have like a first memory of watching it for the first time. My parents let me watch these films when I was much, much too young. I shouldn't (laughs) have been watching them. I have, you know, the, the end scene with, with Totes face melting and Dietrich's face imploding on itself and, uh, and Belloc exploding and all that, you know, like it was, this was the movie that was responsible for the PG 13 rating that did not exist before this film. This is, this is where that came in. And I was watching this film way before I was 13 years old. Um, hmm. But that being said, I don't remember the first time I watched it. It's just always been a part of my memory. And we were... <sighs> my dad and I and my sister are the type of people that when we like a film, we will watch it repeatedly. My mom, not so much. We kind of drove her nuts. So growing up, it for me, it was... Indiana Jones trilogy, Star Wars trilogy and Back to the Future trilogy. Those are my Bye. bread and butter. Um, Star Wars was of my first love indie my second. And so I've just it's just always been a part of my life. I've probably seen Raiders of the Lost Ark well over a thousand times because if you times by the year that I probably started watching it and the fact that easily my family would probably watch it maybe once a month. But when I was a teenager, I was probably watching this film once a week and like Mm. for multiple months at a time. Like I had the cardboard cutout, which I sadly don't have anymore from the when the when the VHS is or no, it came out on DVD release. I went down to the local HMV store and was like snagged that cardboard um, display piece somehow nabbed that and then I don't I don't have it anymore sadly but like yeah it's just always been a part of my childhood and even though it totally uh some scenes scarred me <laughs> <laughs> uh it's just uh yeah and I just I always gravitate I don't know why because you would think, like I know, so many girls are like, "Oh, like I just gravitated towards Princess Leia," or "I just gravitated towards Marion Ravenwood." I was just like, "I, I guess because, you know, I wanted to marry Han Solo. I wanted to marry Indiana Jones. That's just I just naturally, I just gra- I just like gravitated towards Harrison's characters, and I don't know yeah. why. I but that's just." how I am I just if I'm gonna cosplay I'm gonna cosplay as Indy and I'm gonna cosplay as Han
0: yeah that's awesome yeah it's 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 one of those ones it's I mean it's very similar to to what I said about Ghostbusters when we were in in the first episode of the podcast um where it's like I just I don't even remember not having <laughs> seen Ghostbusters and and similarly it's like yeah I saw it at way too young an age um and traumatized me and all of that stuff, but I wouldn't take it for anything. <laughs> yeah. Right? It's like, it, but it also made me who I am. Right. So I, I totally get that, that like, like I, I, the funny thing for me is that like I Indian star Wars are actually things that I came to later. Uh, I think I was about nine the first time that I watched the Indiana Jones movies. And I remember, um, I mean like I had some familiarity with them because they would be on TV from time to time and you know you'd see bits and pieces here but not very often like Star Wars and Indy were those types of movies that like just like they weren't really they didn't really get played on TV a lot I remember I remember when Last Crusade had like the the big TV premiere like this is the first time we're ever showing this on TV
2: right um
0: which was actually like a long time after the movie had come out. Like it had been out a couple of years mm-hmm. and then, and then it got like a, like a television premiere. Yep. Um But I, I like sort of in the mid nineties. Right. I, yeah. but, but I remember, I remember, I, 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 I don't remember what I was sick with. I, I think it was like, wasn't the chicken? No, it wasn't the chicken pox. That was when I was younger, but I remember that I was like homesick. And it was going to be a few days that I was going to be homesick. And my dad was like, like, I'm going to go to the video store. What do you want? Um, and I was like, oh, I, I want to watch Indiana Jones. Um, and uh, and and he was like, okay, well, there are three Indiana Jones movies. Which one do you want? <laughs> and I was like, I want the one. I want the one with the boulder in it. Like where right. he like runs from the boulder. Uh, like in the temple. And and my dad goes, that's probably in Temple of Doom.
2: <laughs> and, oh no! And,
0: and so he so he goes and he rents me Temple of Doom, and I watch all the way through Temple of Doom. And we get to the end of the movie, I'm like there was no boulder in that movie. <laughs> um, that scene that scene's not in that movie. I and I mean like I look, you know, I I'm not gonna look the gift horse in the mouth on that one temple of doom is an awesome movie too mm-hmm. um it's like it's like saying you know it's like oh, i'm going to mcdonald's do you want a hamburger or chicken nuggets and you're like i don't know just give me something with barbecue sauce and i'll be happy and uh you know it doesn't matter what comes back it's it both are both are delicious so i uh, yeah like i but there was like a learning curve there um my dad my dad was a, was a, a huge nerd. Uh, and that's where, that's where I got it from came by, you know, quite naturally uh, as his son. But I, I, but he wasn't very detail oriented. It's a fun, it's a funny thing. Whenever I look back at it, um, uh, on those moments as a kid where it's like star Wars or Andy or any of that stuff that I would become obsessed with. He was like, yeah, I like it. It's yeah. That's cool. Like, yeah, we can go to that movie or rent that or whatever. Um, and he would have some knowledge, but, but yeah, I just always, that, that will always stick with me that I was like, yeah, I want it's, why I don't know why you didn't just rent me all three Indiana Jones movies, right. you know? Well, we because it, it wasn't three.
1: cheap, right? Like, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, but, uh, yeah, I, I, so yeah, it, it would be, a, it wouldn't be until a couple of years later that I think that I would have like actually sat down and watched all of them. I think probably when. When the VHS box set came out, which was like after the special edition, so yeah, uh,
1: yeah, yeah, it would it would have been like uh, like that mid- re-release mid right? to late nineties.
0: Yeah, I think it was. I think it was around like 97, 98 Yeah, that that would have happened. Yeah. Um and so it wasn't. It wasn't until I owned them that that I w- was able to like really really get to know andy so like, <laughs> like we're talking about <laughs> like,
1: yeah like
0: like i was like i was like 12 or 13 right like so i mean like also perfect age because i'm at the i'm at the right age to not just like enjoy them but also to like understand them mm-hmm. you know because i think mm-hmm. when you're younger than that i think if you're like 10 or younger that it's that it's oh like yeah you can, you can, it's fun but there's a lot yeah. that's going over your head in terms of what's happening in the story, yeah. so it, it's one of those things. But but like I, when I talk about Star Wars, I didn't come to Star Wars until I was ten, right? Like before that, I was a Star Trek fan, right? Uh, specifically Next Gen. So um, uh, and and much more obsessed with Ghostbusters and Ninja Turtles, and then and then eventually like Spider Man and X Men. So it wasn't until I was like ten years old that I even got into Star Wars. So coming to to indie um even later than that it's like yeah it kind of makes sense right that i would i would you know obsess and fixate on star wars and then eventually that would lead you to indiana jones mm-hmm. but, uh, That's but it was wars also just an, yeah it was also <laughs> just an accessibility thing i think like like gen gen z i uh, and younger like they they really don't understand yes. the scarcity of these things in the early yeah. 90s where it was like well, I want to watch Indiana Jones go to the video store. And if they even have copies of the first three movies, right. Like of of the, of the, of the Indiana Jones trilogy, are they available right now? Has somebody else rented them? Because they've probably only got one copy of each. Right. Right. So you go to the video store looking for something to rent and it's like, Oh yeah, we don't, it's, it, you know, it's out. We can hold it when it comes back or whatever. Right. Like, Like I, to, I think to a Gen Z kid, it's like, you couldn't just, you couldn't just go buy it or you couldn't just stream it online. It wasn't just accessible. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, it wasn't because also movies weren't just in print all the time. VHS tapes used to be very expensive at a certain point. Like like a a single VHS tape was like 150 bucks in some instances. Right. Yeah. In
1: the very early eighties. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, like, it, it was, it, yeah, owning a video at home was, like, such a crazy prospect. I remember when when Jurassic Park came out on VHS, that was, like, the first movie that I ever pre-ordered, right? Like, the first the first thing that, actually, that would have been the first thing that I ever pre-ordered, is that, like, Roger's video, which was a chain up here in Canada. Yeah. I i don't have to explain to you, but mm-hmm. I have to explain to the audience. Mm-hmm. I, so, I so go to Roger's video, and they, they had posters for... Jurassic Park coming to home video. And I remember it was like, it was a massive deal because it's not like it was 20 bucks. I think it was like around $60 in 1993. Okay. That's like a movie costing a hundred bucks now, right? Like it was, it was crazy how much that VHS cost. but the, the, the argument to my dad was like, I'm going to watch this like a thousand times. Like I don't Mm -hmm. need to rent movies for the next month. I'm just going to watch Jurassic park over and over. And that is exactly what I did. But yeah, I can remember like, like pre-ordering that. And the next thing I would have pre-ordered was the star Wars trilogy, the THX star Wars trilogy when that came out. But um
1: like 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 you had you had
0: to get this stuff because it if it like once it was gone it was gone it wasn't
1: like a lot of our films i can still probably tell you where the commercial cuts are on the goonies because (laughs) i remember when we got our vhs machine that was a big deal but we got one of the ones where it was like okay now you look at the tv guide schedule and you figure yeah. out when the movies are going to play on TV and you have that blank VHS tape ready to go. And then you record your movies off the TV. And that yeah. was a lot of the versions of the films that we watched was the TV ones because yeah. to buy the VHS was very expensive and wasn't always readily available. Right. And so, yeah, yeah. it's no, so I funny. I totally understand this. Yeah. yeah.
0: I don't, I don't remember what movie it was that we had taped, but I um there was a movie that was on and we, we taped it. And I, I, but I, I vividly remembered the promo <laughs> for Scrooged, like the, the Bill Murray film, like the, the, mm-hmm. the, the Christmas Carol, his cr- version of the, of the Christmas Carol Uh Scrooged on check six, which was the, the, the I, I, I think was, that was out of Victoria, right? Th- um, yeah. No, but, yeah. Yeah. yeah, like, yeah. I, I, I can see every frame of that promo, and I think it was it was it was one of those types of movies. It was like an Indiana Jones or like a or like Star Wars or something. I can't remember what movie it was, but I remember because it was a movie that we watched over and over and over again. And I remember these like every commercial break there was a promo for next Saturday night's movie which was going to be Scrooged. So clearly this was, you know, at Christmas, um, <laughs> it might've been home. I think it might've been home alone. I think we might've taped home alone, but, uh, oh, another point anyways. 10. yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I, I, so yeah. Yeah. It's just like, like, like such a different time,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but then eventually, then eventually when I did get, get it on VHS, I mean, like, I just obsessed over yeah. that. And I still, I, there, there's not a lot of VHS tapes that I still have. Uh, I've gotten rid of most of my collection, but I do still have my, uh, all of my Star Wars movies on VHS, um, multiple copies of some of them, um, not just different versions, but like I have multiple copies of the of the uh, the THX original trilogy. Um, nice. But Indiana Jones is one of those. It's because it, it's like, well, what am I gonna? I can't get rid of this.
1: Is it the box? Item. Is it the box set that has the nice art on the outside?
0: It it is the box set. Yeah, oh, yeah, hundred percent. Nice. Yeah, yeah. And then the DVD set I still have, and then the Blu-ray set I have. <laughs> like it's, uh, yeah. And uh, I don't have them in 4K. Uh, or no, are mine? No, I think they're just Blu-ray. I don't think they're 4K. Maybe no, I they think are they're
1: the just, 4K ones. I think they're re-releasing uh, a steel copy 4K.
0: Yeah. The 4k ones would be really recent. Right. Yeah. Um, in any case, yeah. Like, like, uh, uh, that's one of those things. It's like, Oh, if there's a box set of 4k, I guess I'll get those, but they'll probably put one out with five in it soon. So I'll wait, I'll wait. Right. Um,
1: yeah.
0: awesome. Well, i oh man i just looked at the time it, we've gone for almost an hour and a half no uh, i know
1: i was like we didn't even cover all the points that i wanted to cover but i, mean, I, was I just like, need I was, to shut up yeah
0: <laughs> yeah i always love it when i look at the time and i'm like did we do it did we do it is that a podcast episode and i'm usually looking to make sure that we made it more than an hour uh and we did we absolutely did effortlessly um mm-hmm. indie five is coming out dial of destiny i how are you feeling about it the reviews as of right now, we're not hugely favorable, but, uh, but King all, of the like Crystal what? Skull Critics? was also yeah exactly yeah I I how, how are you feeling are you are you are you are you feeling good about it I'm excited I've got my tickets and everything
1: uh, I would have my tickets except that I live in a smaller town and they uh, have not popped up for me to purchase yet for my local theater here but uh, once they do I will be going opening date and I will be wearing my full indie cosplay to the theater, like the huge nerd that I am. Um, I'm super excited. Uh, I know to try to manage my expectations a yeah. little bit. Uh, this is a totally new director. Um, I also am just preparing to cry a lot. Like <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's hard to see, uh Harrison aging just because it's like it just reminds me like he's not always going to be here and uh just knowing that this is his final chapter as Indy um I'm sure I will be uh ugly crying a bunch Hmm. throughout the film um but uh but I'm excited so but yeah we'll see we'll see how it goes
2: yeah,
0: yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I think I'm in the same boat where I'm like sort of cautiously optimistic about it. I think mm. that I'll probably enjoy it more than the more than the critics have been. Um, because like I like I said before, yeah, like uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull gets a bad rap. I think it's uh, I think it's pretty good. It drags a little bit in the third act, but um, but that's a lot of movies of this era. Uh, where they're where they're about 15 to 20 minutes too long so um yeah i i don't know i'm 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 excited to see it I, I i i i think it i think it's gonna be fine i think it's gonna be good i think it's gonna be a good movie i don't but, think uh, i
1: also like you know we gotta have faith that harrison harrison's pretty protective of this character mm-hmm. and i know that he only comes back when he thinks it's a good story so
0: yeah yeah um yeah, I'm just wondering how much, like, uh, uh, defending and justifying of it I'm going to have to do like I did with Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, where there is a lot of, like, me walking out of that movie going, like, that What it's really interesting to see the take on indie as it, as we enter, like, the 1950s, right? Like, because that. Right. Is-
1: it goes the- for a different style, and I don't think yeah, people understood that it, it was going for it. those 1950s yeah. B-movies. Yeah. And that, yeah. that Yeah.
0: And that's why there's like, it's, it's, it's the Russians because Mm
2: -hmm.
0: it like, that's the, that's the predominant threat at that point in time. It's the double crosses because everybody's a spy. Everybody's a double agent, right? Double, triple, quadruple agent. Um, And then, and then that the scene with the ants and it's like, I love that because I look at that and go, there's like, there's symbolism here that the, that the Russian uh, these these evil russians get uh devoured by these red ants these giant red ants um because ants are communist <laughs> right and they're red it's like like there's there's all this like symbolism there that very, like i think i think is symbolism. really yeah well, super overt but for some <laughs> yeah. reason is like totally lost on the majority of the audience and then on top of that it's a it's an homage to as you said like the b-movie stuff the the flying saucer at the end yeah the ants are a direct reference to the movie them right like it like it, it, it it's like there's there's so much going on there i'm really curious to see if um
2: well, if the Dial 19... of Destiny
0: is gonna do a 1960s, the trailer yeah. has you know like the 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 mashup music to it that I'm like okay, so like we're like we're we're bringing in the Rolling Stones and mashing it up with the indie theme. Is this indicative of like a thematic element in the way that we're telling this story? That like this is indie, like he's in the 1960s. Well, or, it's gonna
1: be like it's Operation Paperclip, right?
0: So, yeah, so I, I, I'm worried. I'm worried that it's going to be a little bit too much. The force awakens where it tries to just go back and recapture the magic of, of raiders. And it's like, but don't like, that's the thing is that like, don't,
2: well, you can't
0: because, cause you can't. <laughs> right. And, and I like, that's sort of the note to end on with this, with this podcast is, um, there are f- five Indiana Jones films and there's a television series and there are comic books and novels and video games there's there are all of these other Indiana Jones stories and to me like i I love almost all of them mm-hmm. um I you know and like there there are varying degrees of quality throughout that i the the video games are not as great as the movies the the comic books are a little bit. Uh, hit and miss but have some fun stuff in them right and then and even with the movies themselves the four that we have access to currently uh, are are of like sort of different different tiers of quality it's not quite the same as star wars um but they're all great
2: mm-hmm.
0: at the same time like nothing compares to raiders of the lost ark and i yeah. don't just mean other indiana jones stories i just mean movies. Right. Like, like there are a handful of films that are just like, they, they transcend any conversation about quality or, uh, you know, like, like, like comparison, like, like why would you compare any movie to Raiders of the Lost Ark? There's mm-hmm. no point. Right. No. Like, like the mummy movies. I I love the first two mummy movies. I haven't seen the third one, but, um like the mummy is is phenomenal what a great movie and it's such a like send up of of indiana jones and like Mm -hmm. like a lot of references and and callbacks to the indiana jones franchise in those movies um would i ever compare the mummy to raiders of the lost ark why bother why Mm. bother it's like (laughs) somebody walking off the street and saying that they're gonna fight mike tyson and it's like you know what don't bother like like he's gonna he's gonna eat you alive potentially yeah for real right uh, the you know, like,
1: Arc is just it's it's one of those films that was just it happened at the right moment in time with the mm-hmm. right people and i don't think like it just it's one of those films that that happens yeah. so rarely and it is yeah it, there's yeah the, uh, yeah i just i think i, I could go I, I on, I, and on but i won't i have to. <laughs>
0: I think to close out this episode, I have to coin a phrase and, and crown Raiders of the Lost Ark. Like this movie is the most perfect 10. Like mm-hmm. it just like, this is as much as everything else that we've talked about on the podcast. Uh, so far, everything's a perfect 10. There's all the stuff that we talked about. Ghostbusters, Transformers, the movie, the soundtrack, a Knight's Tale, you know, like I, I we've talked about so many great things on the podcast. I just like Raiders of the Lost Ark is why movies exist. It just mm-hmm. it, like like full stop. Anybody who disagrees with that, I just don't think that they understand the medium to the degree that somebody like Steven Spielberg understands what film is and what can be done and mm-hmm. why we make movies right um it just yeah it is it is the most perfect 10 i uh, and i uh, i don't i don't i don't know that i'll get a lot of flack for that one i don't think this is a controversial uh, no. yeah
1: no i you don't know? think it's a hot take i think it's a pretty yeah. universal one
0: yeah um awesome well we did it we did it that's an episode of perfect 10 i uh, thank you so much Cheryl, for talking in indiana jones with me this uh,
1: I, was an absolute pleasure
0: awesome i we we will have you back possibly to talk about other indiana jones movies but uh, you know there's other stuff there's other stuff that we can talk about yeah i'm um, always
1: happy to talk indie
0: yeah the best thing is that like everybody is always like well when are you gonna do star wars well uh, never uh, <laughs> <laughs>
1: You've got how many other podcasts probably for that one? Yeah. I
0: have talked about Star Wars enough. And the thing is, is that every episode of Perfect 10 always comes back to Star Wars. So I, I, but yeah, I, so we'll, but we'll find something else. We'll find something else, meaty and juicy to dig into at some point in the future because it was a great joy having you on the podcast for this episode. I thank you, everybody, for listening uh, and, uh, and, and, and loving. Uh, Indiana Jones as much as we do, I I or you know coming close. I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know if I love india as much as Cheryl. I I feel like I'm close, but but I don't have a hat. I don't I don't have a I don't have the outfit. Um, <laughs> I wish I did, but I don't. Um. So yeah, like you you got me there. I I I don't know what the next episode is. I know what the episode after that is. I know that in August. We're going to do uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the 1990s TMNT, which will be fun because that's also I, I, I think that's our one year anniversary of the podcast. Um, so I know what that one is. I don't know what July is. I don't have a guest. I don't have a topic for it yet. So I, I don't know, like tune in in four weeks. It, it'll be probably as much of a surprise to you as it is to me. Um, I'm talking to a few people, but, but we'll see, we'll see in terms of scheduling what happens. Um, but yeah, I, I thank you everybody for listening. Thank you, Cheryl, for joining me. And, uh, and, uh, is there anything that you don't have anything to plug? You have no shows or if people want to like follow you on the internet, can they?
1: Oh yeah. Um, Cheryl K bell is my handle on Twitter. So
0: as yeah. long as Twitter is still around and as and, long as
1: Twitter uh, is still around, I'm pretty sure yeah. I have a similar handle on Instagram. <laughs> I don't know. like,
0: <laughs> Cool. Um, well, yeah, I, I, yeah, go, go, go follow Cheryl. She, you, you post some good insightful stuff every now and then you're not quite as active as, as some of us, I, I, you know, terminally online individuals, uh, but, uh, but you're oh wow I, I see i i, I rec- see
1: myself as a terminally online individual so <laughs> i m-
0: maybe you're just maybe you're just not as i uh, i entitled when it comes to your viewpoints <laughs> on things as as you know an individual like myself right uh, right where i right. think like i, I just scroll saw by yeah it's it's super <laughs> important that i let everybody know exactly how right. i feel about this i got gotcha. you okay um yeah yeah that's a that's a it's it's that's a it's a different it's a different kind of terminally online uh Mm. the attention seeking kind um (laughs) anyways uh this is this is not a therapy session i don't need to get into it i (laughs) thank you guys for listening thank you cheryl for joining me and uh, we'll catch you on the next episode Thunderquack perfect 10 is hosted by me michael Cohn. Follow us on Twitter at Thunderquackpod, on Instagram at Thunderquack Podcast, on Facebook at Thunderquack, and join us on Discord at Thunderquack.com slash Discord. Support the podcast by heading to Patreon.com slash Thunderquack to get early access, bonus episodes, and the Thunderquack Perfect 10 pop quiz. Thunderquack Perfect 10 is part of the Thunderquack Podcast Network. Thanks for listening.